Well, good morning, Real Life, and happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Whether you're joining us in person or online, if you would get on your feet, we are going to start the day off right with worshiping our great God who has so much for us this morning. And so we are just very excited to be worshiping together with you as we celebrate this day. We believe our God can do anything. He's the God of the impossible. And so we're going to lift him up this morning. Give you glory for all you brought me through. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. I'm moving forward to follow after you. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. Come now, Lord, like now. 
our God who can do anything. And our God who promises when we reach out to him and we ask that he'll give us more abundantly and exceedingly than we can ask or think. So our God is here today, the God that we worship. So let's lift him up as he continues to fill this place. There is a light that burns in the darkness. There is a hope that washes the fear away. There is a peace that settles around us. It is your love that sets our hearts ablaze. There is a light that burns in the darkness. There is a hope that washes the fear away. There is a peace that settles around us. Oh, it is your love that sets our hearts ablaze. Father, we're on our knees with every heartbeat we bring you this offering. Lord, come and fill this place. Father, we're crying out. In spirit, we need you now. Glorious love surrounds us. Lord, come and fill this place. There is a king who reigns in victory. Amen. There is a mercy strong enough to save. We feel it rising up from the ashes. There is a love that overcame the grave. Lift it up to him today. 
just your testimony of faith and who Jesus is. It's a declaration that you are not ashamed of the gospel and who Jesus is. So let's sing this out. Oh, shame is a prison as cruel as a grave. Shame is a robber and he's come to take my name. Love is my redeemer lifting me When I hear that trumpet sound 
Come on, real life. Let's give God some praise this morning. Believer, I say this to you today. We have nothing to fear. The grave means nothing to us because Jesus paid it all. Amen? That's right. He conquered that grave. Hey, welcome to Real Life Church. We are honored to have you here today. And let's take a moment real quick and let's shout out all the moms in the building. Happy Mother's Day to you. Let's give it up for them today. That's right. You are honored and special guests. And we hope you are having a great start to your day. Hey, we've been cheering really well. Let's cheer one more time for a group that's hanging out with us today completely online. They're called Real Life Church Online. I'm wondering, can they hear you this morning? Let's make them feel welcome. Yes, welcome online. Glad to have you here with us. All right, everyone, here in the room, I want you to take 30 seconds. I want you to greet someone around you. Make them feel welcome. Greet, then have a seat. love watching you all connect. That's right. Go ahead and have a seat whenever you're ready. I just want to say real quick, a huge welcome. If you are brand new with us today, if this is your first time at Real Life Church, welcome. Welcome home. We are glad to have you here with us today. You are a very honored and special guest. We're glad you're here. I want to give you a next step you can take right now. And then in a moment, I'm going to invite everyone to join them on this next step. On your chair, or more likely if you're seated on the floor in front of your chair, maybe you tucked it under, there's a long connection card. I'm just going to invite you to get that, get your pen out. And uh, I want you to mark the box if this is your first Sunday, first time here. I also invite you to put down as much contact information as you feel comfortable doing. And uh, with that said, all we want to do is shoot you a text message this week and uh, we want to mail you just a letter just to say again you know thanks for being here answer questions you might have i promise pinky swear no fingers crossed we won't show up at your door this week okay so feel free to just throw down whatever you're comfortable with we would just love to connect with you and now if you're not brand new if you've been coming for quite a while i want you to take that same card go ahead and i want you to mark regularly attend Put as much information as you feel comfortable. And uh, I want you really to lean in. There's a ton of options, but something that you might not be thinking of, uh, you could put down some prayer requests. Prayer requests, some praises. We want to be able to pray for you this week. We want to rejoice with you and the, the good things that are going on. And this is that kind of all-skate moment that, that Sean always loves to talk about. I think it's such a great way to describe it. Uh, with those cards, fill them out now, anytime throughout our gathering, and we'll put those in the giving buckets at the end of this gathering. We'd love to have you do that. Guys, we're a church here at Real Life on a mission. And that mission is to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. Another way to say that, simply put, souls matter to God. And we just invite you to play a part of that mission with us here at Real Life Church. And it's really because of you playing a part of that mission, inviting people and just living out the hope of Jesus in your life that people can see. Man, God is just honoring that in a huge way. Great things are happening here, and we are just so blessed that you're playing a part of the mission. If you're not currently, we invite you to tag along and join us. We believe God has huge things to come here in 2023. We'd love for you to be a part of that. 
Man, I'm so excited as we uh, keep going this morning here. We're going to launch a brand new series today on this Mother's Day called Lord Teach Me. When life gets hectic and stressful, that's that time that we cry out, Lord, teach me something in this season. And so today we're going to kick it off with a message of hope, a message of peace over you and your family today. And we've got a special speaker that's going to be bringing us the word today. This this person, man, just kills it leading worship. She's an amazing speaker. She's a great mom. It's Mother's Day. So I want you to give a big real life welcome to our very own Diane Petrie. Welcome her to the stage. Come on. Thank you, Drew. I need Drew to come like to my house at 7 a.m. Like, you've got this. You're great. You can kill this day. Come on, right? Wouldn't that be like really great? Um, no, but it is truly my honor to speak with you today. Sorry, I'm getting a little hoarse, so I'm going to try to really, you know, work through that. Um, but man, Mother's Day is such a special day, and it's a time that we get to honor and remember and just look back at all those women who have made us who we are, right? We get to, with gratitude, with appreciation to say, man, there were some women in my life who they came alongside me, and they encouraged me, they championed me when I needed that encouragement through the hills and valleys and the highs and lows, they walked alongside me to make me who I am today. And so it's so special to celebrate that today. And I wouldn't want to celebrate this day without taking a moment just to acknowledge that there's also some pain associated with Mother's Day, some grief, some loss sometimes. And for those of us who have lost people in our life that we want to be celebrating that with, whether it's our children, our moms, people who are close to us, people who raised us. And so just take a moment and let it be okay for joy and sorrow to kind of coexist in that place. Let it be okay for grief and for also happiness to come together and let that be a celebration that our God is, he is a God of feelings, he's a God of emotions. He knows we feel those things and he is our comforter in that. And so we get the special privilege today of celebrating all the ladies who are here who have been those women for people's lives. So let's give it up for all the women who are in the house today celebrating with us. Yes, we honor you, and I'm just so excited to be speaking with you today. Um, we are diving into the first week of a new four-part series that I am very excited about and very honored to be able to speak about called Lord Teach Me. And I really think this is going to be a forming, like spiritual formation, transformational message through who are we in God, who is God, and what do we do with that? We're going to be talking about how to be a child of God, talk about the paternal heart of God, the power power of the Holy Spirit and the equipping of the saints. And so it's just going to be a time where I know if you let him, God can work in your life as we understand some of these foundational truths about who he is and who he's called us to be. And so if you're new with us today or your first time back in a long time, can I just invite you and encourage you to come and spend these next four weeks with us? I think that when we give God an opportunity to work in our lives, that he takes us up on that. Whether it's, you know, every day, every week, every month, in different seasons, he gives us different opportunities to take. And I think this is no different. When you get around the people of God, get in the word of God, he wants us to take that next step towards him. Um, it actually says in Ephesians 5, 15, and 16, to be careful how you live, not as unwise, but wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. I think when we take that step towards God and make the most of the opportunities he gives us to know him, he honors that and we see the dividends in our life because of it. So I invite you to come along with us on these next four weeks. So for today, we're gonna start at the beginning. Who remembers what it's like to be a child? 
good childhood memories, some fun stuff. It's not, you know, that far back, right? We can remember that. Man, those were the days, right? Everything was fun and was carefree. I love that, like, childlike innocence and getting to see that through the eyes of my children. Every day can be an adventure when you're a kid, right? There's no end to how much can we pack in before the streetlights come on and mom yells out the back door, like, get in here for dinner. It's just a fun time to be a kid. And I think we can all look back at some stage in our childhood to say, when we fell down and got hurt, who did we run to? When we were, you know, scared and we needed somebody to help us, who was it that we got inside their embrace, got wrapped up in those arms? When we, when we were scared, who was it? For most of us, it was mom, dad, grandma. It was some adult in our life who was charged with taking care of us, right? But why did we run to them? What was it that made us, you know, know that that was going to be okay? And I think like most of us, the simple faith of a child helped us to know that we were safe there. When we ran to mom's arms, she was going to pick us up. When we ran to our parents, our caregivers, and they were a place of safety and security. And it's that simple faith of a child that being in their embrace is gonna make it okay. But then something strange happened, right? We stopped running always to those people who were caring for us, and we would take a moment to run to somebody else. I know that I didn't stop running altogether for me personally, but I know there was a point where I stopped running to my parents and started running to other things. I remember when I first started doing that, when I was a teenager, I started running towards my friends and towards what they thought that I should do. I started running towards them and their parties and their drinking and all the things because I held them on a pedestal. And no matter what, I wanted them to think I was enough and cool enough and good enough. So whatever they thought to do, I would run towards that with them. It's so easy to then keep running once I've been in that direction, to run towards things, right? We run to alcohol or marijuana to find calm within ourselves when we're stressed. We run to unhealthy relationships or sex to find companionship or to fulfill desires that are inside of us. Maybe we run towards suffering or self-punishment as a way to calm down the guilt or the shame that's inside of us because of our past. Or we run towards hurting ourselves or others to dull that pain that we live with. And maybe for some of us, we've convinced ourselves that the things that we're running to to feel better aren't that bad, right? Some of us run to social media to not feel lonely when we don't have anybody else. Some of us run to food to fill up that void and that emptiness inside of us. Or I know I'm going to step on some toes on Mother's Day, but some of us run right out to Target or Amazon to fulfill that need of comparison and contentment in our lives, right? I'm speaking to myself today. I have to run towards something else to feel enough. Maybe some of us run towards religion or spirituality or serving others just to feel like we're good enough, like we've done enough good things to measure up. And so I don't know about you today, but I think we run ourselves ragged trying to be seen, noticed, to be good enough, to feel good enough or worthy. And I don't know about you, but who's tired of running today? Because literally, we will run and run until we are exhausted to the brink. And then we do all that running, and where does it leave us? We're still missing that piece inside. We haven't filled up that emptiness. And so who needs rest today? I know I do. And here's the key that I found in my life to this, is that we run, run, run to all those things, but what we need to do is to run to our Heavenly Father, the ultimate provider of that peace, the protection he provides, his power, his rest. We only find that in his arms, in his embrace, and we need to be his children running to the only one who can fulfill what is broken and missing inside of us. So today, we need to run to our Father as a child of God, right? So Augustine, 
if you're a nerdy history person like me, sorry in advance if you're not, um, was a fourth century philosopher who um, spent the whole of the first part of his life running to everything, trying to fill himself up with philosophy and women and all the things that the world had to offer. And sometime when he was around his late 30s, um, he actually turned to Jesus. He became a Christian and started following God. And he wrote for us a prayer of confession and praise to God in a book called Confessions. And it says this is a quote early in the book. It says, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. That word restless, think about it, let it settle. It actually like translates to mean unquiet or unsettled. We have that just nothing ever sits quite right. But what I really love is that the word you have made us for yourself actually translates meaning toward. So God didn't just make us for him as to entertain him, but he actually made us to be moving in motion towards him. We're not static in one spot. We're a dynamic people. We're constantly moving towards something. And Augustine suggested that we be constantly moving towards God. And so today is all about that motion, that running to Jesus, the one who brings us rest. We're hurt, we're scared, we're prodigal children needing to come home to the arms of our Heavenly Father. And so today we will say, Lord, teach me to be a child of God. So what makes you run to your Heavenly Father in the first place? I think we spend our whole lives, even as young children, we hear about and we take on words that the world and other people say about us. They say, you're not enough. Or they say, you're too bold. Or they also say, you're too quiet. They say, you're too extreme or you're too apathetic. And really, you can't win and you can't make everybody happy. There's no way for that. They say, why can't you be more like fill in the blank? Or, you know, oh, you need God. You're so weak. You must not be able to make it on your own. Until eventually those words become the voices that we hear in our head. So we had started from such a young age hearing them and hearing them and hearing them. And eventually those voices will start telling you to run to anything that feels good. Certainly anything that feels better than my current circumstances, which are kind of hard. And so for me, at a young age, even after I started following Jesus as a teenager, that running was towards achievement, towards perfection, towards trying to stack up all these things I could do to be good enough, hiding my real self, and trying to maintain control of all of my circumstances so that I could feel like everything was all together. It wasn't until my early 20s, I was a newlywed, married to this, you know, hunk of hunk of burning love up here on the front row. <laughs> Um, he was a new youth pastor. We were in ministry together. It wasn't until that time period, which was about seven or eight years after I started following Jesus. So if you're like me and you're kind of stubborn and kind of a slow learner, it's okay. God still loves us all, right? It took me a while to figure this out. But God made it really clear to me that no matter what I was trying to fill up my life with and put in there, it was nothing apart from him. And I had to stop running towards all those things. And I was running fast. God had to put up some big stop signs for me. But I had to stop running towards just what felt comfortable or easy or numbing to pain and things that I had to struggle through. I had to stop running towards my insecurities as a crutch for the reasons why I couldn't do things God was calling me to do. I had to stop running towards relying on the people in my life to make me feel good enough because that's a lot of weight for a nice young man that I had married to carry to make me feel that way. And I had to stop running towards the fake mask of perfection that we all put on when we're trying to make it seem like we've got it all together. Especially when you're going to church every week and you're trying to lead people, you have to put on that face to say, oh, I've got it all together. I'm the perfect youth pastor's wife when that's not the case. And so as a child of God, I finally started running towards my heaven 
heavenly father. And I started to learn about the words that he spoke over me. I started to run towards his words instead of towards my own comfort. And so instead of not good enough, I ran to his words in Colossians 1.22 that says, yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And I had to understand that wasn't because of anything I did or didn't do. It was because of the death of Christ. And as a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. It can be really uncomfortable as a perfectionist to have to stand in front of anybody and bear your self, all your mess ups, screw ups to other people. But God says when he does that and looks at us, he sees us without fault because of the love of Jesus in us. Instead of wearing my insecurities or seeking control of my circumstances, I ran to these words in Proverbs 31, 25. It says she is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. God had a word for me to say, take off that cloak that isn't suiting you, that doesn't fit you anymore in security, because I want to clothe you with strength. And with really the opposite of insecurity is the dignity to say, I have made you for a purpose, now go and walk in it. And so what I learned is that you stop running after you really start to take a hold and internalize what God's words say about who you really are. And so don't miss this. If you leave with one thing today, I want you to grab a hold of this, because it's that the source of the words spoken over you determine their weight. It's the source, where the words come from that are in your head and in your mind and in your heart causing you to do things. Whoever spoke them is where the significance of them comes from. So when I'm like, who said that reel that's going on in my head? Was it some lame ex that I had? Some guy at work that doesn't like me? Like, I don't care. The guy who flipped me off in the car on the way driving into church real fast because I have a problem with that. Like, no, those words of those people, they don't matter. Their weight is not significant to say that person has spoken this over over me from years ago to carry that weight. The source of who we are and who we're made to be isn't found in all of this that we can see because God has a bigger picture for us. And we give too much weight to words that were spoken over to us and then now living in our mind for years and years, and they should have no power over us. Satan has been getting way too much glory from words of condemnation that are running like a reel in our head to keep us back from what God has called us to do. So today you say, okay, so what does God say about me then? I need to give weight to his words because we have to remember when we see his words that he's not just like floating on a cloud in the sky. He's the almighty creator of the world world, and the word and all the things. He is holy. He is head and shoulders above all that we can ask or see or think. He's the beginning, the end. He's everything in between. He holds the whole universe in his hand. And yet he has some thoughts about you. It says in Psalm 139, 13 through 18, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me. Let that sink in, in all the places you've been, your beginnings, your goings, your comings, before you even existed, God saw you. It says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book, every moment laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? Has it dawned on you yet just how much your Father loves you? 
It says that those precious thoughts cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Let that sink in. Almighty God has so many precious thoughts about you. They cannot be counted. They cannot be numbered. They outnumber every grain of sand on the earth. I have not seen every grain of sand on the earth. I can just be overwhelmed by the sand on just one beach, maybe even a small beach, maybe a pond out at the rec park behind my house. Like, so much sand. So I'm nerdy, and I'm like, well, how many grains of sand are there in the earth? And I got to Google this and see. So scientists, somebody else had the same question, estimate that the earth contains 7.5 sextillion grains of sand. That is a 75 followed by 17 zeros. That is a lot of sand. And it says that God's thoughts about you are even more than that. They outnumber it. They can't even be measured how precious and how much he thinks about you. And so when you're letting those voices have weight in your head that don't matter, nobody loves you this much. Nobody in your world, in your life has this many thoughts about you, this much love for you as your father does. And so we need to stop giving power to these words that have no weight because the source of the words determines their weight in your life. What power are you still giving to words that have no weight? Who has spoken something over you or over your life that you need to let go of today? And what words are holding you back from trusting the words of a God who loved you and sacrificed his sons for you, his son for you? His words have to carry more weight than any other words in our life. So as a child of God, we say, Lord, teach me to run towards the words of my heavenly father. And so if I'm running back to God, Lord, teach me to run to your words. But not only that, teach me, Lord, to see myself through my heavenly father's eyes. So my little girl, Emery, is almost five years old. Um, she is our middle child in every sense of the word, the only girl, the redhead. She's got all the things. And it is not a secret in our family that I am her very favorite person in the whole entire world. As a matter of fact, the other day when Sean was taking her to school after they dropped Jack off, she said zero words. Sean's asking her questions. She's just like, I don't even, I'm not even going to talk to you because you're not my mom. Like she's just, <laughs> he's just knows he's like, you know, second tier for Emery. Um, I'm her person. So she makes something. She loves to paint. She paints it. She has to come and show mommy. I made this painting for mommy. She, when her feelings are hurt, she's got to run and have the embrace here. Um, when she goes to gymnastics and she finishes her station, her little head will pop up to lock eyes with me. Like, did you see me? Did you see me do that? I did it. Um, she's being silly. Even when she receives correction, like a much needed stay and time out that she does need, she still comes back to her mama afterwards to have that embrace, to know that we're good and it feels better. And so it's funny, I think, on Mother's Day to reflect how much being a parent has actually taught me about being a child of God. Because when I see Emery and I think about the joy that she brings me, those moments where she wants to come and be with me, the moments when she wants to be just like me. I gotta stand at the mirror and put on makeup like mommy. I've gotta you know, do whatever mommy is doing. She wants me to be with her, to play with her, or to cheer her on. I think about those moments of her curling up to find safety in my arms when she's scared in the middle of the night and having a nightmare. Those are my favorite parts of the day with my children, when they want to be with me, when they want to connect to me. And I delight in almost everything that she does because she's my child. And so that same lens that I see Emery through as a parent is just a fraction of the love that our Heavenly Father has for us, his children. 
It says in the word of God that as a child of God, we are safe in his arms. In Psalm 91, 1 through 4, those who live in the shelter of the Most High, our Father, will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He's my God, and I trust him. For he'll rescue you from every trap, protect you from deadly disease. He'll cover you with his feathers. He'll shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. The word says that God hears us and he listens to us. I love this. In Psalm 116, one through two, it says, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he, what does it say? Because he, he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. Imagine that picture of this big almighty God and me lifting up a prayer and he bends down to make sure he can hear what I'm saying, getting face to face with us. He's an intimate God. And the word says that he delights in you. In Zephaniah 3.17, it says, for the Lord your God is living among you. He's not dead. He's an alive God. He has a purpose and a plan for you right now today. It says he is a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. And with his love, he will calm your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. That's our God. He loves you. He delights in you. It makes him glad to do that. He sings over you with joyful songs. Sean likes to wake our kids up in the morning with a song to get them out of bed, flip on the light and sing something ridiculous. They actually really like it. Um, (laughs) Our God, he sings over you. God delights in you, especially when you find that childlike delight back in him. And you know, the funny thing about being a parent is that as you are helping and watching your children grow, we offer an extra level of grace, right, to our kids because we love them, we care for them. So like when a toddler starts to take their very first few little fumbling steps, they don't like totter, totter, fall down. We're not like, that was lame. You're only going to take two steps. Like, why don't you know how to run yet? We don't offer that condemnation, that criticism to our kids. We're like, somebody get the camera, call grandma. They took two steps. Like, yeah, they're a little wobbly. That's okay. It totally counts. We're excited for them. We cheer them on. We're excited to see how they're growing and moving. And we don't offer that condemnation to our own children. And like, oh, I can't believe they didn't know that. Like, no, we know they're learning. They're growing. They're changing. And we get to walk alongside them to do that. And our Heavenly Father is the same way. And he delights in every fumbling step that you take towards him. Every step towards growing more like him and following him. He loves it. He's so excited. And he's cheering you on. You know, so much as children early on, we see ourselves through the eyes of our parents. But as a child of God, our Heavenly Father sees us through the lens of Jesus' sacrifice. Don't miss this. This is really cool. In Ephesians 1, 4 through 5, it says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. It means when our God sees you, When you know him, he doesn't see the faults. He doesn't see the condemnation, the things that hold us back from serving him. Imagine all the guilt and shame and the things that we hold onto ourselves, that we put on us to say, we can't carry that, it's too much, that weight. When you're in Christ, God no longer sees your sin. He only sees the sacrifice of Jesus in your life. It goes on to say, then God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. When I see me as my heavenly father sees me, I see his cherished child, and I see an heir to the heavenly throne of almighty God. 
In Romans 8, 14 through 17, it says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. God's not just waiting waiting up on a big mountain to throw lightning bolts at you. He's your father. He loves you. It says you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba Father. The word Abba is actually a Hebrew word that means like daddy. It's not just like my father far away. It's an intimate. It's a close. It's that relationship of like a little boy and his dad and the trust and the confidence and the acceptance that you know you already have inside of that relationship. It goes on to say his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are his children. And since we are his children, we're his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs to God's glory. God not only adopted you into his family to be his child, he has offered you the vast expanse of all he has to offer. Everything that's his, everything that's Christ, all the glory he has for the whole world, he offers to you as his child, as his heir. And so we get to walk in that and the joy that comes with that and saying, Lord, as a child of God, teach me to run to your words and teach me to see myself as you see me through your eyes. And lastly is this, as a child of God, Lord, teach me that restlessness is a gift from you. Because I think we all know at its core, our world is a pretty unsettled place, especially our current generations have filled, you know, more filled with anxiety and restlessness and a lack of purpose than ever. We busy ourselves and fill our lives all the way up to the brim, only to feel more empty and more lonely than we've ever been. But can I encourage you today that God has a recipe for your restlessness? It says in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, don't worry about anything. Well, that's it. We can stop. In Jesus' name, amen, right? But no, really, taking on don't worry about anything. Instead, so what do I do then? Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. This recipe, don't worry, pray, thank him. And then you will experience God's peace. Not just like I had a peaceful Sunday afternoon nap, the peace of God, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And what I think is really important to acknowledge about restlessness and anxiety and the lack of peace, is there a gift from God that draws us to himself? It says in God's word that he is, draws us to himself. It's his goodness that draws us in, but also that restlessness inside of us that the things of this world that we're trying to fill our life up with are not meeting that peace. We're not feeling it inside of us when we just fill up things. And without restlessness, we wouldn't search for and find God. We wouldn't realize that the things of the world we're focusing on are nothing without Jesus. And we wouldn't have any means to reach the good and the greater things and the rest that only come from God. It's like Augustine said, you made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. So today you can thank God for that restlessness, the fear, the stress, the worry, the doubt. Thank him for putting those things in your heart and then lean into him, run toward him as a child of God. But if you're like me, that restlessness at some point in your life maybe even led you to ask the question, Lord, how do you even become a child of God? And so today you might be asking the question that somebody else famously asked in the scriptures. So we're going to look in John 3 to the story and verses 1 through 4. It says, there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee, the highest kind of religious leaders of the day. And after dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. 
You see, Nicodemus had already been watching Jesus. He realized he was really special before he even mustered the courage after dark to go and find him. Maybe he thought he was a great prophet of God or a witness to what God was calling him to do. And Jesus replied to him, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again or unless you become a child of God, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? You see, Nicodemus was a secret follower of Jesus of Jesus. And he asked this great question, but because of his role and position as a Pharisee, he had to go after dark secretly to find out more to become a child of God. And Jesus answered him, verses five and six. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, raised in the faith, taught in all of the ways of the Jewish scripture. And he came to Jesus with a very question, Lord, teach me to be a child of God. The restlessness drawing up inside of him, the curiosity, how do you do that? And the scriptures show us today in John 1, 12 through 13, it says, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So how do I become a child of God today? Simply believe that Jesus is who he said he was and accept his sacrifice on the cross as payment for our sins. First John 5, 1 says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the father loves his children too. And that everyone includes Nicodemus after night. It includes you, includes me, includes everyone. And so what I love about the story of Nicodemus is that it doesn't end there in John 3. Um, we pick up in John 19, right after Jesus had passed away, and we see him again after Jesus died in 19 verses 38 through 40. It says, afterward, Joseph of Arimathea, who had been a secret disciple of Jesus because he feared the Jewish leaders, asked Pilate for permission to take down Jesus's body. And when Pilate gave permission, Joseph came and took the body away. With him came Nicodemus, the man who had come to Jesus at night. And he brought about 75 pounds of perfumed ointment made from myrrh and aloes. And following the Jewish burial custom, they wrapped Jesus's body with the spices and long sheets of linen cloths. I love this, that it's two secret followers of Jesus after that moment when he had died. Everyone is scattered. They have lost hope. Their great leader has died. And finally, we see that these two men came to offer up to Jesus in his death what they were too afraid to offer during his life. They came to perform a final worship of Jesus. Luckily, we know that wasn't the final worship of Jesus, but in his death, the burial custom, two secret followers, too afraid of what people would think to worship him during his life. And they came to him and they were just not willing to openly believe because they were afraid. And maybe today something's holding you back from following Jesus openly. Maybe you've been running and running and running to so many things and that restlessness is still inside of you. Or maybe you're worried because you don't follow up to be good enough. I don't do all these Christian things. I don't look the right way. I don't know all the things. But can I tell you today that God's not asking us to do more of anything to following him. To become his child, he simply asks us to be. He wants us to believe in him. He wants us to be still and find rest that only comes in him. He wants us to be fruitful followers, his disciples making disciples. He wants us to be his children. 
it's really likely that Nicodemus became a child of God during that first interaction in John 3. Um, we know that because Jesus goes on to say how amazed he is that a Pharisee and somebody so learned in the faith didn't have any idea how to have a relationship with God. He never really knew what to do, but we're privileged that the answer to his question is recorded in scripture. And it's here in John 3, 16 and 17. Jesus is still talking to Nicodemus. And he said, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And don't miss this. It's so good. In 17, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is not a single thing that you can do or not do today for your father God to love you any less than he already does. You know how precious his thoughts are for you. There are so many, they're outnumbered. Your heavenly father made you and he loves you and he wants to be with you and he wants you to be with him for all of eternity. It was his plan from the start and it's just our sin that stopped it and messed it up. He wants that for you today and he built a bridge through Jesus to reconcile us to him, our father who loves us. And so the rest and peace that you're looking for today is only found in being a child of God. When we stop and say, Lord, teach me how to be a child of God. So can I ask you, what are you running from today? Or what are you running to today that you need to stop and turn? What voice in your life is carrying too much weight when you already know that your father God loves you so much? If you're full of fear and anxiety and restlessness today, lean into your father. Thank him. Thank him for what he's done and run to him. So who's ready to run to Jesus today to say, I give up this restlessness. God, you're so good to us. You love us like a father loves his children. And we are so blessed to know that. And I pray today that there just may be a couple groups of people here who need to take a moment with you. I pray in this moment, in this prayer, that we can just open our hearts and our minds to you. God, be focused in on all that you have for us. And maybe there's someone here today that says, I need to run to the arms of my father today. I'm a child of God, but I've been running towards everything else but you. And so today I need to see myself the way you see me. I need to take your words and let them have the most weight in my life. Today, I need to let that restlessness be calmed only in you. So who's that today that would say, lift up your hand, I need to run to my father today. I need God to teach me to be his child, to lean in. If that's you, raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you today. God, I need to run to you. I want to see me as you see me. I want to listen to your words, God. We praise you today. We're so grateful that you give us your word. You give us your spirit in so many ways to know you. I pray today that we would throw off that restlessness, that anxiety, the things that hold us back from knowing you, God, that we would run into your arms today. Lost children who need a heavenly father. God, we love you and we're so grateful that you are our father. Help us, teach us to become your children. I wanna pray for one more group of people today is maybe today you're sitting going, you know what, I don't know if I am a child of God. I don't know if I've ever made that decision to say I put my faith and trust in Jesus alone for salvation. Today, I don't know, or I've realized that I know that there's nothing I can do on my own to become a child of God, but I wanna believe who Jesus is and I wanna accept his payment for my sins on the cross today. So if that's you, if you raise your hand, no one's looking around, nobody's gonna come to you, but I'd love to just pray for you and pray with you. You can pray a prayer today to let God know that you wanna be his child and say, God, I want to be your child. 
I know I've run towards everything except you, and today I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I hear your words of love towards me, and I trust you to come into my life and save me. God, you can have my life. I'm grateful that you gave yours for me. In Jesus' name, amen. And yeah, let's give it up for those people who are letting God move in their life, transform, and be changed today. Oh, come on, man. I don't know, be reminded of being a child of God today. I mean, come on, what a happy Mother's Day message. Reminded who we are in Christ, to run to the arms of Jesus, loves us 7.5, 6 trillion times and more. I mean, do the math, right? I mean, if you walked in today and you just made that decision for Christ, man, we're so, so excited for you. I know God has something special for you. We want to cheer you on. Uh, if you decide today to be your first day as your child of God, some of you guys got your sins washed away, forgiven, and you are a son or daughter of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords today. Amen. Can we get up one more time for Diane and for those who come to Christ today? Come on. Man. I want to encourage you guys, if you start a relationship with Jesus, uh, we have a gift for you. Uh, we have a book called Begin. It's about 100 pages long. It's really about just those first steps with Jesus. Uh, what's it like to follow Christ? And it's just a really a gift to help you get on the right track. Uh, and it's really something we want to celebrate with you together. We're going to send you an email and just connect with you. And so if you can, you can pick up that connection card. About halfway down, it's in red letters. It says, Commitment Life to Christ. You just check that box. It just means the world to us as we can help you on those next steps with Jesus. Also, we got a gift for you on the way out the door. There's a red bag. It's got a Bible inside the Bible. It's a letter. Just got all sorts of next steps for you just to help you on that journey. But, man, we want to celebrate big with you today. I want to say also, um, just for really all of us in the house today, man, as we walk towards Jesus, one of the biggest things that we often overlook and miss as a child of God is getting together with other children of God. Uh, we often forget to get together with other Jesus followers. Uh, we need people in our life uh, that are praying for us, amen? We, we need brothers and sisters in Christ that know who we are. And so I want to encourage you today, this is a next step for everybody, and it's, it's just like the simplest next step that we often overlook. And it's so tempting to overlook, but it's really simple. It's just to commit to come back next week. Amen? Got one person on it? Good. Gonna get there? But it's so easy because, like, we, we, get, we get sucked in all this other stuff, forget what it's like to follow Jesus. And I just believe you got somebody praying for you, uh, somebody who is really can, can know where you're at and to point to things to Christ, somebody that can point scripture out to you, uh, somebody can say, hey, that's not the right path. And uh, I don't know about you, but the brother and sister in Christ kind of keep on the straight and narrow. Amen? keep you down that path. And so I would encourage you I mean, to get around the people of God. And so if going to church isn't like a normal thing for you, I will tell you you're welcome here at Real Life. We'd love to have you part of our crew. And really, we just know that God has something special for you. And I talk to people all the time that are struggling in their faith. They don't say, I can't feel the presence of God. I'm anxious. I'm worried. I'm just struggling. But I ask the question, I'll say, hey, can you tell me your five closest friends? Because those five closest friends are going to determine your future. And so if you can't look around and say, man, there's people of God in that circle, can I encourage you to be a part of what God's doing here at Real Life? So a couple steps if you have just on that journey getting connected. One is a five-minute meet and greet just outside the door to the right. Me and Diane will be hanging out there. We'd love to put a face to the, to the name or just introduce ourselves and say thank you for being here today. And we got a little gift for you. Another way to get connected is a new here social. Maybe coming for a few weeks and uh, you just haven't gotten connected yet. Or maybe it's been a season of time. I would encourage you to get signed up. You can check the box on the connection 
connection card. Uh, but we're meeting on June 4th, it's about an hour. And it's just uh, leaders in the church. We can share our heart and passion for why we exist. And you can explore real life and get to know a little bit about the ins and outs of our church. And really hear your story. And it's just a, it's a good time to figure out what's next for you and how you can play a part of the tribe here at Real Life. Uh, last thing I'll say is this about connection. Uh, we have something special launching this next Sunday. Uh, going live online is our Summer Life Groups. I was going to see, I was going to see. I know some of you guys lead the groups, and uh, I don't know if you know what they are, but really it's friends on mission together, just uh, I mean, it's doing life together with other Christians. And uh, we have awesome groups, and this is our summer semester. It's a little shorter, and I know you guys are thinking you got vacation plans, all that stuff. I encourage you to sign up and make it as much as you can. Uh, but there's a group in particular I'd invite you to, to and it's called Freedom Life Group. And this freedom group is all about getting past your past. It's all moving past insecurities and fears and doubts. I know you are in Christ. It's about identity. So if you've been to our church for a while and have not gone to this group, uh, this needs to happen, right? If you're new with us, I'd encourage you to pick it up sometime in the first few semesters. But this one of those groups that's a soul transformation, just what is to be a child of God. It's just a foundational piece. And so ultimately, just get connected. Be around the people of God. We love having you here. I want to say thank you to those who set up this place yesterday for about three hours. Uh, those who came this morning, those who served us today. Can you get up for our real-life dream team? Let them know you love them today. Come on. Made fantastic servants. I'll say thank you guys for your generosity. If you call Real Life Home, thank you guys for playing a part of the story. Uh, last week we launched a Know God class, just a class for people interested in just taking those steps of faith and knowing who Jesus is and how to know him. And it was fantastic. And out of that class, there was a lady that came to another thing we did last Sunday and I was talking to her and there's so many seeds planted in the gospel. We got a chance to, to lead her to Christ and walk her down Romans Road and just show her who Christ is. And she became a child of God. I started thinking about this week, how many people have been impacted because of you guys? And uh, I did the math on this and looked it over, but we had 38 people so far this year commit their lives to Jesus, amen? Is that incredible? Think about this, you give up to God on that. But think about this, we, we have 19 Sundays into the year, because I'm a pastor, so I count these things, right? We're 19 Sundays into the year, 38 people. That means you have two people on average per week commit their life to Jesus. And so you guys give, you guys are given to see souls changed every single week. And so if you call my life home, I would encourage you to give extravagantly. Give as God leads on your heart and play part of the mission. Now, if you're new in real life, church is free. Amen. We just want to encourage you and uh, just bless you and just want something for you. But real life, man, just give and let's make an impact together for the cause of Christ. And so if you call Ralph home, there's three ways you can give. You can give online. You can text an email out to 84321. You can give in a giving bucket. It's going to pass in a minute. There's a box in the back if you want to give out that way as well. I would encourage you, we always do this. Every time I pass a bucket in our church, man, if anybody's in need of food, clothing, or shelter, just reach in, take out some loose cash, and use it for your family in this time of need. Also, take those connection cards. I encourage you guys, man, put a prayer request on there, check the boxes, and put in those giving box buckets as they pass out. As these ushers pass out the uh, giving buckets, I would encourage you guys what's coming up next. That was your guys' clue, by the way. I'll let you guys do that. <laughs> so, it's cuing you in. Um, but I want to know what's coming up next in our church. This series is phenomenal. This week we talk about a child of God. Next week we talk about the heart of the Father towards us. Man, dive in the power of the Holy Spirit in two weeks and dive into ways to equip the saints. There's so much packed in this and so much you can learn for the cause of Christ. Uh, in June, we're doing this awesome day called Transformation Sunday, just the stories of what God's done through people. And then coming in July, there's a series that's always hot, it's always fun, people always love it. If you've not been a part of our church since last July, I want you to check this out of what's coming up in our church. Yes, and everyone remain calm. Again, we are continuing to get in reports at this hour. Still a lot of confusion. Yes, folks, we are feeling it inside our studios here.
do not go outside. say one more time again seriously a huge happy mother's day we can't let any ladies in the house we can't let you leave though without a gift so on your way out you're going to see a bath bomb from Buff, buff city soap try saying that three times fast that's for every lady in the house make sure you grab one on your way out we would love to see you back next week at our normal gathering times of 9 30 and 11 if you need prayer this morning we're gonna have someone down in front that'd love to pray with you and remember whoever finds jesus discovers real life and purpose have a great week This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.